politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up Welcome to Potoms Up. Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Potoms Up, and welcome to episode 86. This is Blotto, as you probably can tell. And if it sounds a little quiet in the background, it is because today I am solo. Uh, change in the format of the show. Um, Fred and Nobs have elected to take an indefinite sabbatical. Uh, this was their choice. Um, I'm uh, uh, not leaving the band to pursue my own solo career by choice. Um, in many ways, uh, they kind of felt like a mission had been accomplished that uh, we uh, we started this pod, um, podcast because of our ire towards the uh, Trump presidency. And uh, now that he has been removed, um, I think that Fred kind of felt like uh, his work had been completed. And uh, um, the last couple of episodes, um, he felt like he wasn't having the same amount of uh, zeal as he did in earlier ones. And I, I totally understand that. Um, and uh, Nobbs uh, has um, uh, decided that the additional work that he was putting in, he just doesn't really have the time for anymore. Um, and so I've also got to take over the technical duties. Um, so if this never gets on the air, you'll know why, I guess, but you really don't know why. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, so that's really all I'm going to say about it. Um, and uh, as I go forward into new episodes, um, you know, it'll be uh, sans this explanation. And hopefully Potoms Up will um, continue to live on. Um I will still continue to uh, enjoy a tasty Michigan beverage. Um, I don't know if one person really uh, a review does make, but I'll at least give you my opinion, my own personal opinion uh, about the, the the beer that I uh, uh, that I uh, bring to the table, and uh, then kind of get into the, the the politics. I may or may not share. Um, uh, cultural or um, contemporary things that uh, I see around me or even are a part of my life. Um, and uh, so the, the future shows may uh, lean more towards uh, politics. Hopefully that will also make them uh, a few minutes uh, shorter as we have uh, kind of felt that they were getting uh, a little lengthy. All right. Uh, so what I have today is from the Mitten Brewing Company. And uh, I'm not sure that we've done one from them. Maybe one. Uh, Peanuts and Cracker Jack, Robust Porter. Um, and uh, on the can there, it says a sweet, robust porter made with loads of real peanuts, peanut butter, and a kiss of caramel malt. This season, the ballpark comes to you. Um, 
So I think this is kind of a play towards America's pastime. Uh, Cracker Jacks, I suppose, are popular at the ballpark. Um, uh, not one of my choice of foods at the ballpark. I'm, I guess, more of a hot dog person. Um, uh, but I, I suppose that's kind of what the marketing is is towards. It's a 6% by volume. Uh, so uh, not too bad. Um, and it pours very much uh, like a porter. I got about a quarter of an inch of dark frothy head on it. Um, and it's obviously a dark beer. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty dark, uh, probably not as thick as a stout as I watched it pour, um, but pretty darn close to it. Oh, the aroma is wonderful because I love the smell of peanut butter. Uh, and this delivers on that. Um, so that's what my, uh, my nose is picking up first is the peanut butter, and peanut butter is very overpowering, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that does cover up some of the, the caramel. And um, obviously, as I shake the can here looking for the prize inside, and there's nothing uh, like that. Um, so maybe that's, uh, you know, trademarked by Cracker Jacks. Okay. First couple sips, um, I do catch the, the, the Cracker Jack. Um, it really does taste like Cracker Jack to me. There's a saltiness to it. Maybe that's also part of the caramel. And uh, uh, the peanut butter is not as strong on the tongue as it is uh, in, the, uh, in the nostrils. Um, so it's um, maybe a little on the sweet side, but uh, that gives it a good mouthfeel. Um, not quite sure uh, if it's going to be too sweet for me uh, until I get about halfway done. Um, but uh, right now, um, I think in terms of delivering what they said, I got to give it high marks for that. I, uh, I generally enjoy porters when I have to give my hierarchy of preferred beer styles. Uh, Porter is way up there. And um, uh, uh, this one's definitely leaning uh, in the for me category. Uh, I did want to share something about uh, a beer I had earlier today with dinner. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun when you feel like you're, you're, you're really starting to develop, um, you know, your palate for tasting beer. Um, uh, I don't actually recall. It was a Rochester Mills product. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, but it was a, a fruity IPA, um, but I was uh, drinking it um, uh, with my Mexican food. And uh, I, I had a, a can cooler on, and I, I kind of thought, you know what? I think this is a milkshake IPA because it's that creamy uh, lactose sugar in it that uh, gives it that flavor uh, or gives it that feel. And uh, sure enough, um, you know, when I uh, took a look at the can a little bit more closely, it was a milkshake IPA. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to, to sort of um, validate yourself in that way. And I'll um, that could be where I go with my cultural topic uh, a little bit about uh, doing some blind tastings on bourbon 
um, that I, I did a couple weeks ago and um, kind of how that all unfolded. <clears throat> but um, onto the uh, onto the politics. Um, and it's been a couple uh, weeks uh, since we have recorded as as I mentioned, we were we were going through new formats. And um, there was a whole, you know, litany of things that I probably could have talked about from, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene to Lou Dobbs. Um, maybe that it doesn't, maybe that's not a really big span, you know. <laughs> maybe they're kind of, you know, one of the same. Um, uh, but t today being uh, uh, February 10th, it was the second day of the impeachment trial, uh, the second day of the second impeachment trial. Let's uh, uh, never let that little piece of history get away from us. Um, and, uh, you know, it really was quite remarkable. And, uh, you know, if you haven't seen segments of the House's prosecution, um, you really need to. Uh, but, uh, you know, part of the impact is the totality of the presentation. And um, although I was able to catch uh, most of it today, there were some segments that I did miss, but I did have the ability to catch almost the entire presentation made by um, the uh, uh, the House uh, prosecutors, uh, but I, I forget what they're also called. And you know, in many ways, it was uh, stunning. Um, it made me feel angry. It also, in some ways, kind of, you know, made me feel sad that this had happened in America. And, you know, when they start to put all the pieces together, um, you know, it really paints a very dark picture on what happened in January 6th. Um, and then the other thing that they did... Um, was of course link it all back to Trump, uh, as well as link it back to, um, you, you know, this all started uh, prior to January six, um, and you know when you see it in its entirety, it, it really does have I think a much greater impact. And you know I don't know whether or, or not you know the the Republicans in the Senate could feel that way, how cold and heartless and just, you know, politically calculating that they are, which I think is pretty, you know, that's a, that's a big piece of, of their DNA. But, um, you know, there's, there's also a part that there's, there's gotta be an honesty about it. Even if you deny that honesty, that that's what I think is a greater part of it, right? That, the Marco Rubios and Ted Cruz's of the world, well, maybe not Cruz, but, you know, they can see what is happening here, um, but they will just lie to themselves and lie to their constituents that there is no there there. And, um, you know, you know, we'll never ever get in, in anyone's, um, you know, true thoughts. Um, you just, you know, you have to take people, um, for how you know them, not for what they say all the time, but for how you know them. And we, we know that uh, they're going to um, deny reality for Trump. 
Now, whether they really believe that denial or not is the part that we don't know for certain. Um, but after watching today's prosecution, it, it just it's just really hard to imagine um, that anyone in their heart of hearts cannot draw that line between uh, the way Trump had uh, been inciting these folks um, since, well, really before November 3rd, but um, up until that day. And, and then really um, kind of e even afterwards, uh, you know, I remember when it happened and I was watching it on unfold on TV and, you know, my, my initial thoughts were this was just kind of a protest and that it gotten out of hand and, you know, that this rioting mob had, you know, breached the Capitol and there was violence. And I was kind of, that's how I was sort of processing the whole thing. It wasn't until a day or two later that I really started to process it in a different way. It said, this was really a serious attack on our democracy. And, um, you know, it's, it's so much bigger than just the events that took place. And, um, and, and then, you know, time goes by and, you know, you never want to forget. I mean, um, you know, uh, Fred, you know, sent out a, a Facebook post today that just, you know, all it had was, um, you know, January 6, 2021 on it. So, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it does lend itself and can lend itself, um, to, um, you know, sort of an infamy of that day. But, <clears throat> um, uh, so, so I was saying that time goes by and then today when I was, um, watching it again, um, you know, I, I, I kind of have a, an, another new take on it. And that was more or less what the, um, the house was really trying to, to sell. And that was that, uh, one, it was far more violent than what we had seen before. Um, the, uh, there was, uh, far more stress put on the Capitol police and the, the metropolitan police, um, than, uh, kind of what was initially reported. And, and, you know, there were two police officers that have taken their life since, uh, since that event. And, um, you know, even just getting a taste of it, uh, through the, through, through the trial today, you can almost get a sense of, of just how mentally exhausting it was for many of them. And if they're there to protect the Capitol and they see that they're part of our democratic, uh, process and to see people turn on them like that, um, it, it gives me a, a, not a full understanding because that's, that's, a little brash to say, but um, a, a better and slightly more deeper understanding of, um, you know, how someone could could feel like they just couldn't come back from living that experience and and would have to take their life because of it. And um, yeah, so I think that was probably eye opening to me uh, in in those ways uh, as my own personal feelings about January 6th continue to evolve. And, um, you know, I just, I, I really find it hard to believe that many others, including those that are still trying to support Trump, um, can't see it that way. Uh, let's go back a day uh, to yesterday's uh, 
the trial, uh, first day of the trial. And again, I don't want to overuse the word remarkable, but it really was. Um, You know, the House put together a fantastic presentation of why this is constitutional. And if you saw the defense, I, I really probably can't characterize it properly here. It, it really was just all over the place. They were ramblings of ill-prepared and inept defense attorneys who really looked like they were up there just trying to get through the day. You know, that the dog had eaten their homework and they've been called upon and they're just going to say whatever and hope the time goes past. Uh, you, you know, I, I still operate in a corporate world and I have um, uh, conference calls uh, quite a bit. And there are times where I'm not prepared and <laughs> I can kind of relate to that where I'm just going to kind of, you, you know, wing it. And I hope it sounds better than it does, but it probably doesn't. Um, you know, probably a lot like this podcast. Uh, so, I, you know, if, if, you have, if you haven't seen it, you really ought to check it out. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll learn the name of their, their lawyers, but uh, Michonne is one, and I have to look up the other. But, uh, you know, trying to bring in their own personal stories in a way that they thought somehow connected with the body that they were speaking to was really absurd. Um, You know, he would ramble on about how record players work. Um, He also uh, talked, he tried to give an anecdote where he said, and uh, -and so-and-so, I forget who they are, was trying to recant uh, something that they said, uh, but I don't recall what that was. And I mean, that that was kind of the story. So so-and-so, who he didn't name, was trying to recant something that he said, but he doesn't remember what it was. And somehow this was relevant to the constitutionality of impeaching a, a, uh, a, a former president. Uh, it, it really, it really was, and you know, there's still the sadness. Like every time that we laugh about these things, we laugh about them in sadness because the sad part is, um, you know, it's acceptable in America, and it's acceptable to 44 Republicans who voted that this impeachment was unconstitutional, and even though. Um, you know, the case was clearly made. Uh, Senator Cassidy out of Louisiana was the only one who switched his vote. And, you know, really, if you listen to the the reason he said he switched his vote, I, I'm still not certain that he's going to vote for impeachment. He switched his vote based on the idea that the House lawyers won the day. He, he, he didn't really say that on the merits. So in other words, if the Trump team had more competent lawyers, uh, he still may then have, he, he may have sided with them 
and and not sided with, with the with the house and certainly in the court of law that has a lot to do with it right how the theatrics of lawyering and uh, i never really been in that situation i would imagine that's where uh, many many cases are won and lost um, i want to believe that more cases are rightfully decided based on the merits so even if you you have you know joe pesci up there and and this i think is a good example because you know even if you had joe pesci up there um you know at the end of the day he won the case so no matter how blundering he was he's the the facts still prove themselves out and and he won the the case for those two youths um but it was really an embarrassment on uh, multiple levels. And I've heard, you know, and read a couple of different things from Trump about his satisfaction with that. Um, you know, and, and then I and, and then they had a, a, a guy on in, on break today, I think, on MSNBC, who was one of the lawyers in the first impeachment. It's so funny to say that. Right. Like how many presidents, you know, say that you, you can say that about. But. And he um, uh, basically, he, he said it didn't really matter um, how bad they are because it's kind of decided. And, and it was interesting to me that he was saying that the burden of proof is on the prosecution, but putting it in a way that it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt in a way that this was, um, you know, comparable to a criminal trial. And... Uh, I wish the MSNBC host, and they were trying to get there, they were running out of time, would have pressed him on that a little bit more because, in fact, impeachment's not a criminal trial. And, you know, when we need to remove a president or any other official from office, our bar needs to be lower. Um, you, know, you know, and I've made the case on Potoms Up for many years now. I think that bar has to be very low. Um, that's the only way we're going to get the best people and non-corrupt government is to, you know, be, have a zero tolerance policy uh, against corruption. And, and so I would put that bar very low. Impeachment, it, it's probably somewhere in between what I would set the bar at and then the criminal bar. Uh, and, uh, you know, he just kept putting this in terms of uh, they haven't made the case that one, I guess, that it was constitutional. And, you know, he's trying to leave it up for his own interpretation when nearly every scholar and just the text of the Constitution make it pretty clear. And even what the founders had meant, and there, that, that was pretty fascinating yesterday, is how many, uh, how many founders were still alive and talking about impeachment while there were impeachments after the, the Constitution and the government was formed. So the, the, the precedent is uh, um, not something that we really uh, have to conjecture about. It's, um, it, it's pretty black and white. And yet you still had 44 uh, senators say it was unconstitutional. And, you know, it's easy to see why they're going to say it's unconstitutional because, you know, then they don't have to listen to the evidence. And many of them didn't, um, you know, uh, according to reports, uh, Josh Hawley um, uh, sat up in the gallery 
uh, not even down on the Senate floor, and uh, propped his feet up and did some reading. Um, it's 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 shameful, and you know politics, or I should say, Republicans have just become uh, about placating to their base. That's that's really all that matters, and they figure that their base will carry the day. Unfortunately, they're probably right in places like Kansas, where they're a little bit farther away um, from becoming purple than places like Georgia and Arizona and even Texas. Um, you know, he, he's going to be able to, to get away with that, I think. And uh, certainly that's his calculation. Uh, so, yeah, it's very um, uh, kind of disheartening to see how how overwhelming the evidence is both in day one and day two um, and uh, the reaction uh, from these uh, senators. And um, right now they're just sort of, um, you know, stepping over themselves to, to come up with reasons as to why um, the house is failing to prove uh, its point that conviction is needed. One of the, things here I'm, I'm noticing about flying solo on a podcast is I'm really not finding very much time to drink. And I don't think you want to hear me guzzle. So <clears throat> I'm not sure how I'll handle that. Um, but excuse me, if you happen to catch a pause, it, it could mean that I'm uh, just uh, um you know, sipping on my tasty beverage. Um, uh, so, so where were we uh, on on yesterday's impeachment? Again, they very they, they made a very uh, clear case of the constitutionality, and I, I liked what Raskin uh, did today, and it's it's you know it's something that I was saying uh, a, a week ago. Um, about Rand Paul, right? Rand Paul forced that vote on the Senate and uh, it was voted down, which meant, and it really didn't mean that it was constitutional, splitting hairs on semantics there a little bit, but that is what they voted on yesterday. And sure, there are 44 re Republicans that said it's unconstitutional, but there were 56 uh, uh, senators, bipartisan, that said that it was. And so Raskin got up there today and said, we do not need to talk about the constitutionality of this anymore. It has been decided. You have voted. You have voted on a bipartisan basis. And, uh, you know, by, by a pretty good number in today's world, I mean, not quite two-thirds, but as close as we've come to getting, you know, two-thirds of uh, our, our you know, more than 50-50 in quite some time. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see when the defense gets up there, if they want to still play on the constitutionality of it. I guess it's going to be their time and they can do whatever they want. I, I don't know. Um, but um, Raskin did a great job of, uh, you know, trying to just close the door on, on that argument. Um, and, and then they got right into it. And, um, you know, the, the other, and it was, I don't want to be redundant, but it, it was, it was devastating. It really was devastating. The, the other thing that 
has kind of occurred to me when I was watching the prosecution today um, is it is so overwhelming and the lines to Trump are so clear. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know how you couldn't look at him as being anything other than the guiding leader of that mob. I mean, it, it just, it, 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 you, again, you have to suspend uh, logic and critical thought and honesty. And we know Republicans are capable of doing that, but you really do have to suspend that um, to think otherwise. And, you know, I, I think it was Rubio um, who, and kind of the same thing with um, uh, the Trump lawyer that was on today, you know, trying to make the case that we don't need impeachment if we have criminal prosecutions. If 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 Trump really did something wrong, then you know, charge him. And uh, you know, I, I think that the bar for incitement uh, it should be pretty high. Um, but there's a bar. I mean, you know, we have a uh, a criminal code for it. We didn't, you know, you know, we wouldn't have criminal codes and uh, federally in every state uh, if it wasn't a problem that needed to be addressed by law enforcement. To and and so there there is a standard. And um, I just have a really hard time believing that if this was in front of a jury of citizens that you wouldn't get a conviction, uh, you know, and if this doesn't go to uh, a criminal prosecution, which I doubt it will, um, you know, I, it 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 just once again kind of shows that there is a corruptness in the system, both by Democrats and Republicans. Um, on letting political officials off the hook because they don't want to pursue criminal prosecutions um, because of what I just think comes down to plausible deniability. Uh, that, you know, at some point Trump used the word peaceful. And so therefore that's all he has to hang himself on, you know? And I, I, I used you know, on my Facebook trolling today, I, you know, I said, you know, honestly, if you, if if you, if you tell your, your son or daughter that, you know, they need to go punch the bully in the face, uh, and you tell them that for, you know, a month every day before they go to school. And then one day, you know, you say, well, you know, the bully needs to be punched in the face, but, uh, you know, we don't want any violence. What, what do we think is going to happen? Right. I mean, it, 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 you know, something's going to happen. And, you know, far too often, especially in white collar and political crimes, uh, plausible deniability is all you need to get out to get off. When, you know, the, the, the guy that held up a liquor store uh, because, you know, um, he's got an addiction problem uh, and he has uh, no support group to help him out. Um, he doesn't have any plausible deniability. You, you know, he, 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 he's getting prosecuted, uh, you know, strictly on his actions and not on his words. And, um, 
you know, politicians know this. And uh, I think no matter um, how dumb we think Trump is, I think he understands plausible deniability very, very well. That's if you if you listen to the way he talks, uh, he almost always circles back around to kind of hedging what he just said to give him some level of plausible deniability. What's interesting is he is not smart enough to go back to it later. So that that's kind of the one of the most astounding things about his speech pattern. So if somebody else you know said to him, well, why? You know, you, you started the riots on January 6th. He, he's not even bright enough to say, hey, I told them to go peacefully. Other people say that for him. Trump doesn't say it. Uh, so, um, you know, that's why he's awful uh, in his depositions and his court appearances in, in the past. Um, but but I, I certainly hope that, um, I, I know it's just a pipe dream, that, that there could be a criminal prosecution uh, from uh, from the way the house has put this together. And, um, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting, you know, like what would be the legal challenges of that, right? Could you find a jury or, uh, you know, what if you just played a tape of the, of, of the house, you know, um, presenting their case and then you wouldn't even really need lawyers and have the jury go back and, you know, decide. I don't see how they they, they couldn't decide. Um, and 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 I'll tell you one metric that I saw today uh, that told me that the House had really won the day, um, and that was I, I was kind of thumbing through some Breitbart posts uh, on impeachment and. I don't remember exactly what the point of the post was, but the comments, the comments were all filled with um, remarks about how the Democrats had manipulated the videos. And I started to get a sense of this, oh, a couple, maybe a week ago or a couple weeks ago, um, interacting with some Trumpsters, that and interestingly enough, the Republican politicians aren't taking this um, this position, um, it, it, except for our asshole here in Michigan, Shirky, that nothing happened, that that some people wandered into the Capitol uh, as they you know walked through the police lines because there weren't enough police to keep them there, and the police let them walk in, and the police you know, helped them out. And it was just sort of a tour of the Capitol. And it's just, uh, it's, it's literally, it's dumbfounding that that is what, um, that, that is the, the tack that some of the Trumpsters are taking. Now you're not seeing that on the, from the federal officials, the Congress people, and the ones that are involved in that, you're really not seeing um, them take that position. So when the House was showing all this, um, you know, gruesome and disturbing uh, video um, footage of the attack, I'm, you know, reading comments that, uh, you know, what Democrats are going to go to jail for manipulating this evidence. Um, and, you know, what what that tells me 
is that that video evidence is very damning. So if their position was that still doesn't connect the president to the riots, then you wouldn't have to claim that the videos are either doctor manipulated or, you know, things are omitted. And, 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 and so by, by, by admitting the fact that the videos are damning and they link themselves to the president, but they must be manipulated kind of says that, yeah, they, it, it's hard to disassociate Trump from those videos. Um, and, uh, you know, but you can't argue with the, with, you know, the whole idea of it's, you know, it's fake news. Um, but I was, I was, I don't know why I'm shocked anymore, but I was really shocked that there was that many comments in this one particular string. And I'm sure it's in others that, um, uh, you, you know, we're now blaming the Democrats for making up, uh, you know, the, the video evidence. Uh, it, it just ludicrous. Time to drink more beer. Um, and, and speaking of uh, Breitbart and the Trumpsters and the impeachment uh, today, uh, I, I did want to share this with you uh, because, you know, they're largely trying to put this behind him. And the Trumpsters are also, you know, he's out of office. He's still their leader. They don't want him to be convicted, but they don't want to give the impeachment uh, any credibility. Um, so today, uh, I just did a, a quick recap. Um, there were, uh, Breitbart had about 50 posts uh, that, that, they, that they posted on Facebook today. And of that 50, 35 of them were uh, something, uh, other. Well, hold, let me back up here. Um, of those 50, three of them were of the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban, uh, not wanting to play the national anthem at his, uh, arena anymore. Five of them were, uh, about Bruce Springsteen and his DUI, uh, their attempt at cancel culture, although they don't think that they use cancel culture, but of course they do. They're doing it with Bruce Springsteen and uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban. Seven of them, a whole seven of them, were about the impeachment trial. Um, you know, the the biggest thing that's happening in their world with their guy, and seven out of fifty were dedicated. Almost the same amount. Well, a, a, a less amount when you compare Bruce Springsteen and. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban, okay, you know, they put just as much time into that. And then the other 35 were just random things. COVID, Biden, uh, press conferences, uh, Aunt Jemima. Uh, so, you know, a clear attempt to just sort of uh, whitewash this and erase it from history. Uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, uh, in, in my mind. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't know um, when the uh, defense um, 
uh, takes the podium again. I don't know if it's tomorrow. I think it's two days. Um, uh, I think it was like 16 hours, maybe. Um, I would say, hey, Nobs, so can you check me on that? Uh, but I, I think it's probably two days of prosecution and then, you know, 16 hours or two days of defense. I, I'm not going to bet on it. Um, but I would not be surprised if the defense rests. I, I, I can see it happening in the realm of possibility that the prosecution rests, the defense gets up there and they say, uh, you know, we rest no further commentary or whatever parliamentary verbiage they would need to use because they know it's in the bag. They want it to be over. It just makes their guy look worse. Go for the vote and just, you know, get it over with. And even with no defense at all, so basically admitting guilt, we know that 40-odd-some Republicans are going to vote to acquit. And, and, and they won't reach the two-thirds. I, I don't even know, other than just lying or hanging on to those, you know, those plausible, deniable words that I mentioned earlier, I don't even know, but how do you stretch that out? How do you stretch that out into, you know, 6, 10, 12 hours of defense? Uh, you, you know, after yesterday... <laughs> You know, the main defense lawyer said, hey, they did so well, I got to change what I was going to say, and now I'm not really prepared because they kicked their ass. Uh, you know, that uh, is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sh shocked if, if they say that again, knowing that it's not going to change anything. I mean, that's kind of what Lindsey Graham has said. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway. So uh, we'll have to see what tomorrow brings and uh, who knows what I'll be talking about next time I come back on. I, um, um, I hope to keep doing this weekly, but, you know, within a week's time, so much can happen politically and, uh, you know, you, you want to stay current. Um, very quickly, I thought I would share something with you. I was going to talk about bourbon, but stay tuned for that on another on another episode. Um, uh, touch on something uh, culturally here today. Uh, this past Sunday was the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I I I'm in the camp that it was a pretty boring Super Bowl. Um, you know, I did want the Chiefs to win, so maybe that's why it was a little bit more boring. But the main reason I wanted the Chiefs to win was because sports betting is now legal here in Michigan. And I signed up for uh, both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel um, sports books online betting. Um, the reason I did it, and I don't really plan to be a big uh, online or uh, sports better, I never really have, um, was one, to try it out. 
um, see what see what it's all about. Uh, it, it was interesting to you know go through the process because the main thing they're concerned about is where do you live, and they have to validate who you are. Someone like my brother, other than probably just going down to the casino, who has zero cyber footprint, uh, he, I don't know how they'd ever prove that he he could he could sign on. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like validating and whatever programs they use. And I couldn't use my work computer to to sign on. I couldn't use my phone to sign on because Google doesn't allow the apps through the app store. So you have to bring them in through their website. You know, it was, I don't want to say it was complicated, but it was complicated. Uh, but I eventually did. The reason I did is because, you know, lack of a Super Bowl party this year. Uh, I did want to place a few bets. One of them was running this terrific uh, 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 promotion that uh, if you bet five and you pick the winner, so you could pick either New England or KC. Uh, they're going to pay out 275 bucks. I thought this was bait and switch. But as long as you signed up, it was your first. Um, you had to be a new user, and it had to be your first bet. And you know, this, this, the smart thing to do would be to find another person to uh, also do the same thing, right? Sign up, make their first bet, and then... You, you hedge, right? One goes New England and one goes Tampa, New England. One goes Kansas City. I might have said New England earlier, too. One goes Kansas City and one goes Tampa and uh, and then split the money. Um, but I didn't know anybody that was going to do that. Uh, anyway, so it was an interesting process. And I have these two accounts set up. And I literally will not bet on... Uh, sports again until probably football season. Uh, so I, I have, you know, a little less than a hundred bucks sitting in each account now. I, I will never bet on hockey or baseball or football. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing there. Uh, and it was just sort of interesting that this is coming to Michigan and the process to, to go through it. And then, you know, there are little promotions, of course, and I didn't win crap. So anyway, so that was uh, kind of what I did in lieu of going to a Super Bowl party. And it's huge, right? And it's going to be big for Michigan. And I don't know if it's going to, you know, if the tax revenue is is, is going to do anything for us. I kind of feel like our, our, our cannabis, cannabis legalization hasn't done that much for us yet. Perhaps it will. Uh, but I, I guess there's a libertarian side of me that says still should be legal. Um, if I do make a bet, I will tell you. But uh, it's probably going to uh, sit into the account so long that I can't remember my password. And who knows on a, on a, on a legal gambling site, you know, what it takes to recover or build a new password. Probably, uh, you know, have to send them fingerprints or, you know, do a retina scan or something. Um, but anyway, so that's what I got today. Um, been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully uh, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable for me. I'm at 47 minutes. So I think that's pretty righteous. And I'll be back at you. Um, 
with uh, another episode here in a, in a few days. So um, drink up, listen up, and bottoms up. Out. Politics, some culture and craft beer. Politics, and that is why you're here. Politics, bottoms up.